Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is personal. I have a very special guest with us today, and I will be butchering the last name, I'm sure, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, it's, it's Inessa Panomarvate. Hey, no? Something close to that? I think you're going to it. Correct me. How do, you, how do you say it? How do you say last name? Panomarvate. All right. That's very, I was, I was close. Uh, so, uh, Inessa is the uh, founder and CEO of Nessa's Hemp. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I, we had some technical uh, challenges, so uh, Inessa is joining us on her phone. So, hopefully, the sound and, and video will be fine. But anyway, thanks for persevering and making it uh, to the show. I appreciate it. No, I really appreciate you having me here today. Thank you so much. So, Inessa, where did you grow up? So Lithuania became pretty famous in the last year since we have a war going on around Lithuania between Russia and Ukraine. But I am from Lithuania. It's a very tiny little country um, in, in the Balt- by the Baltic Sea. And um, yeah, I've been there since I was 21. So I'm going to fill you in, in a little bit of background on me. I was born in Lithuania. So I was born in Vilnius and I came to the U.S. when I was six years old. So I'm very familiar with Lithuania, and I've been to Lithuania in, let me think, uh, 19 years ago. 
So I don't know, whatever the math is. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm very familiar with uh, your country. I do not speak the language. Uh, I know Labas Vakaras. Uh, that's probably in maybe about three other words. And I'll fill our audience in on another bit of a history of Lithuania. First of all, it was the first country that actually seceded from the Soviet Union. That's one. Uh, number two, it actually won the bronze medal in the Olympic Games. And the interesting thing about that is the team was sponsored by the Grateful Dead. So if anybody wants a really cool T-shirt of a Grateful Dead skull doing a slam dunk with a Lithuanian flag in tie-dye, you should go out and get that shirt. What do you think of that? <laughs> I think it was just pretty surprising. I mean, in general, there's not a lot of Lithuanians around and it's really hard to find them. It's like a rare... Um, you know, genetics, or I would say, and to that is really surprising. I feel like we have a lot in common now. There you go. There you go. So, uh, since I know a little bit about, you know, kind of where you grew up, maybe you can talk a little bit about your childhood. Uh, are you an only child? Do you have siblings? Were your parents still together? And where, where in Lithuania did you grow up? So, I guess asking my background. It's kind of a great idea also because it really explains a lot who I am today and what I do because those that specific background really shaped me and formed me of who I am today. I I do have a brother, a younger brother and younger sister. Uh, the youngest one is like we are 10 years on the part. And I'm sure, you know, uh, since you are... Um, born in Lithuania, like my mother had to really work hard in order to provide something a little bit extra like fruits and vegetables or um, something a little uh, more on the table, including clothing. So while we're in Soviet Union, which is under Russia, and my mom actually used to go in Russia to sell shoes because she asked us um, if we want a better life but then she's going to be gone or we want to have mommy at home, but we're not going to have much on the table. So as a kid, of course, we chose the better life and, and, and something to have more. So I really had to uh, tough it up myself uh, by age 10 and 12. I was fully operating, running the house and responsible for, for family, for the duties, for schools and for kids. I mean, not my kids, but brother and sister. And um, yes, I became an adult in a very young age, and and that that really made a difference in my life. Yeah, I, I found Lithuania to be very interesting. So I was in Vilnius and on Kaunas, I believe, uh, and you know, traveled around a little bit. But the disparity between wealth and and you know people with no wealth is so huge. And then there's like two different cities, the way I, I remember it. There is the old Soviet city with these gray buildings. And actually, I was born in one of those places. And we went to visit. There's an old woman who lives in our old uh, apartment. And she still had like uh, the wallpaper that we left that looked like brick wallpaper from, you know, 40 some years ago, 45 or whatever many years ago. She still has that. But then there's the old city. And wow, it's such a beautiful, like it reminded me of a European city, like in Croatia or one of those European cities. The architecture is beautiful and the people were amazing. But I saw that there is a hustle mentality, right? So everybody is doing business. 
What type of business? Uh, I don't know what type of business, but interesting types of business. So I'm just curious if having that sort of hustle mentality is ingrained with you from where you, you know, where you're from and bringing that to America and bringing it to the United States. How did you start to start navigating through all those different uh, challenges, being in a new country and then connecting you, being an entrepreneur and creating, you know, your own business? I'm just curious how that all kind of came about. Yeah, that's, um, we would need probably a few podcasts for that, <laughs> but I'll try to short the version because there's a few quite uh, serious, um, actually, companies also would like to even do the documentary on my life. But uh, there's a lot to it, but I'll make very nice and short and sweet. So the hustle, as you mentioned, there, even if today you're going to go to Lithuania, there's a woman, uh, older ladies, 90s, 85, and they're literally trying to sell a little flower or something that they get in the fields and like a wild nature for like 50 cents to survive because there is a huge gap between the wealthy and extremely poor. There's nothing in the middle. So I think that's how it's been like this for a pretty long time, is if I remember. So same here, like I learned to fight for myself, to stand for myself in very young age, as, as it was given to a young brother and sister in my own arms. And I simply had to really be that person and I had to learn in younger age. So with that being said, it kind of came in me, but at the same time, when I came in the United States, that was like another shocker because when I grew up in Lithuania, I was very raised strictly, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat. If you're going to do that, if you're going to steal, I'm going to cut your fingers. If you're going to lie, I'm going to cut your tongue. Uh, cut your tongue. And if you're going to steal, I'm going to put you in the garbage can. So like it was strictly, and I never even taught people doing those things because I grew up strictly on those very strong values, I would say. And when I came in the United States, I really, the biggest disappointment was like with this pure open heart that you really want to just stay who you are. And, you know, you're getting expo exposed to people that would like to take advantage of you. And you just really think everyone is like yourself. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat. And I think in Lithuania, it was my basics. I would, I would got those basics, I would say, to become a soldier. And uh, in America, I became official soldier because I really had to consistently uh, fight back and, and, and all kinds of scenarios and situations I, I wasn't aware even exist in this world. And I didn't know about the dark side of this world. So I definitely became a very strong person because of Lithuanian and experiences here in the United States. What brought you to the United States in the first place? So one of those love stories, I guess, uh, I, <laughs> and uh, if there's any young woman listening, I just, I, I would say, just don't listen fully. There's advice I would give you on the side, but I came in America just to really visit the country. There's no intention to stay. I never even dreamed about it staying here. So I just met a gentleman. He was Lithuanian also. And he just couldn't let me go. And of course, it wasn't as easy as it sounds. Um, so he really did whatever it takes the magic, you know, as a very strong woman that cares about family only. And he represented that picture of the, we're going to have family, we're going to have kids, you're the one. 
And I just decided to take that chance. If I regret it, absolutely no. Uh, relationship didn't work out. And uh, but with that being said, I'm, I'm very happy with all my past experiences. So did you uh, end up getting married and stay in the country or are you just... Uh, and, and where in America did you actually come visit or, or stayed? So I came first in Chicago, I guess never left. <laughs> okay, Chicago. And yes, it is cold right now. So, yeah. so with that being said, I met him in Chicago and I stayed because of him in Chicago. And then, yes, we ended up getting married later on. We spent four years in that relationship uh, total. But um, the marriage did not work out, and I personally did whatever it takes to save it. I don't believe in divorce, but there are some critical stages where you can be in it. It's life or death question, I guess. And I just had to uh, make very uh, strong decisions in my life. So, yeah, it makes sense. I, I mean, I'm divorced, so I can't really uh, speak much about it. I, I believe that people should pursue their happiness, regardless of uh, what it is. And if you're staying in a, in a bad relationship. I think it's better to open up space for other things to come in your life because we only have one of those. So Chicago, you're on your own, you're by yourself, you came to this country to, you know, you met this guy, now you're no longer with him. What's described to me the, the next iteration of this, of this next uh, entrepreneurship and how you actually got into and what you're doing now it might actually i would love to share absolutely so the main thing i forgot to mention i was very very sick back home in lithuania you know like there was no such thing as somebody's gonna drive you so you you walk the streets and it's cold and wet and shoes have little holes and you know your feet is always freezing and wet on the top it's just those conditions that you would never think like it's happening in such country, but it really did. So that being said, I started having all kinds of health conditions when I was young and my mom didn't know any better. So just, she used to put me on antibiotics, antibiotics, which has destroyed my uh, gut flora that as a, I know today. So, and, you know, and I didn't know any better, you know, in Lithuania or even in the United States, it's all about taking lots of dairy, meat products and artificial sugars, you name it. So, I did not know better. I was really focusing on the life itself. And I thought being sick is a totally fine thing because you're going to see the doctors, they're pumping you more medications, more pills, and you're just going to keep surviving for the next, until next month. So, but after my, I started my separation, the divorce took a little while. As I said, it's been quite a journey in that divorce itself or the marriage, I guess. So what happened is, I got really bad because of the stress levels. Like I am completely almost naked on the street, almost homeless. I have no way to prove improve prove who I am as a person, no identification, no bank accounts, no numbers. Like English was really bad because you know the gentleman I was with, he simply wasn't super excited me learn the English. So he wanted, I guess, keep me in Lithuanian language in America. So um, you know. It, it was like, okay, what I'm going to do now? And yes, of course, I fight for myself and I overcome everything. But the health went completely, completely down. I used to go in emergency room once a month. 
once every two weeks. All the money I would make, I would literally spend with no insurance, all for emergency rooms. So, and more pills they gave me steroids and everything. I'm like, nothing is getting better. So since I started learning English and fighting for myself, I'm like, it gotta be a better way. It gotta be a better way. So I start really looking out and changing my diet and start juicing and things. And when you're so sick, like super sick, that little one tiny change, the positive change, it's like a million dollars. So then you get so excited and you want to keep doing it. And that's exactly what I did. I just kept going into whatever made me feel better, which is changing my diet, lifestyle, people around me and everything who I was surrounded with. And that led me to a full, healthy body and mind within one year. Within one year, I was able to completely transform myself. So I kind of already planted the seed that pharmaceutical route is no longer serving me, but the nature, the, 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 the real medical, I would say, the benefits, it's coming from the nature. Mm. So that was kind of enough for me. But the, what happened really, when I really got my life together, which is, it took me, uh, I worked 19 hours a day, seven days a week. Until today, nothing really changed. But with that being said, like I really was able to flip my, my life around pretty quickly because people loved me for who I am, my integrity, and always doing what I say and delivering more than I promised. So with that being said, it really led me into success where I was able to have a great career and things like that. And everything was just getting a really beautiful story of that American dream. But then I'm sitting and I'm thinking, is this is it? It's like having a nice apartment, nice car, great job, building another like business on the side. Is this is it? Is this is American dream? That's not fulfilling, fulfilling my heart. Like this is not what I'm here for. So I started really praying and, and I prayed a lot. And I asked God, what is my purpose in life? And then my mom calls me, you know, and she says, I have a cancer. I have. I have uh, six months left to live and it's spreading to my liver and I'm dying. And I know it's going to sound super bad, but that's exactly what I told my mom. I said, mom, this is the best news ever. And she's like, what? And I'm literally in tears, in tears in my eyes. I'm like, mom, this is literally God just answered my prayers. And I had this beautiful vision that unfolded in me. And it was beautiful. I saw me doing whatever it takes with this natural, holistic route, finding the solutions from my mom and helping the world to do the same. So the first thing I did when she told me that, she really was thinking, you know, like something isn't right with my daughter. And she said, I have to FaceTime you. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm so excited right now. Like, I'm dying here. And she had this mindset because, you know, like when you hear the word cancer, you immediately in so much fear, you're just afraid and, and you don't know what's going to happen. And you listen to all these horrific stories out there. So I understand. So she FaceTimed me and said, mom, I'm fully awake. I'm going to work out. And, you know, I'm not drinking. I'm not on any kind of type of pills that makes me a little cocoa. I said, I fully understand what's going on. And I'm just super excited. And, um, and I had this beautiful download and within the same day when she called me seven o'clock in the morning at seven at night I was leaving the country I I packed myself up 
And I said, this is it. I called my boss and I said, I'm not coming at work. And when you're coming back, I don't know. So that was the moment where I really investigated, I would say, a lot in the, in the health and wellness space. And I spent thousands of hours on cancer research. Everything I was learning, I was immediately applying on my mother. Some resources we did not have in Lithuania. So I had to ship from Germany, United States. And of course, cannabis was one of those things we used to help my mother. And, uh, but the trigger point, yes, there's more to the story, but cannabis was one of those things we actually used for my mom. So first of all, what were the, what were you actually diagnosed with? Because you're, you're ending up in an emergency room, you're having health issues. Did anybody diagnose you with anything? Um. They just simply said I have some lung issues or like pneumonia, but I know there was no pneumonia because they kept putting me on steroids and that time was no COVID, right? So everybody's like wearing the mask as of right now, but I literally would have to wear the mask because people would think I have some tuberculosis or something. I was coughing like crazy. I couldn't even laugh. If I laugh, I would start coughing. So something wasn't right for my lungs. And until today, they're each doctor gave me different diagnosis. So it wasn't um, one specific diagnosis. It was multiple diagnoses. Um, and then I had a kidney situation. I used to be on UTIs consistently because of my, I used to, um, my feet situation back home in Lithuania, I used to always get my feet cold. So my kidneys, I used to be on UTIs and UTIs like nonstop. And, and it was just bad. So I, th- I would say lungs, and and my kidneys were uh, and bladder is the is the main the main reasons I could not leave the hospital. Got it. So when you went back to Lithuania uh, to help your mom, you said cannabis was one of those things. Uh, what's the what's the law and what's the general feeling about cannabis and hemp in Lithuania, or was at that time and what it is now? Curious. That time, I was like, I'm doing something super illegal. And I was like, phone call, you make that person that grows that cannabis somewhere. And you have to really know through someone. It's not like he's marketing himself somewhere. And he's even afraid to talk on the phone. So he has to meet you by the store, by that corner to talk to you. Just really have a conversation. So thank God the country is so small. So it's very easy to drive up and, and see someone pretty quickly. Um, it was pretty intensively scary because you can't talk about it. You can't purchase people that do you want to buy from them. You even afraid to question the quality because if you question the quality, they're asking you why you question that right now. Like, are you trying to set me up with something? No, I just want to know exactly the details because I'll be giving this to my mom. So it was really, really mission impossible i would say it wasn't easy it wasn't easy so the method of consumption uh was dry flour like you're rolling you're smoking it or was it hash or was it an oil what was the method i'm I'm just curious we definitely use both methods and uh as i said the first person that I met and he wasn't willing to talk to me so he was really doing himself at home and and preparing (laughs) 
you know, there was nothing in the fancy bottles or anything like that. So he was just doing it at home. And the second person, he was following the Rick Simpson uh, protocols also. So uh, I was using like oil extraction and Rick Simpson. So we bent on the on the double effect. Got it. And how did it work for your mom? So I just know as a result, my mom never done chemotherapy or radiation. And uh, she just left actually United States like a couple of weeks ago. She was here for three months and it's been six years now. She's been cancer free. Um, can I make a claim that only cannabis helped her? I probably can't make such claim, but I know that cannabis was part of her regimen and we are strict following that regimen. So uh, what exactly contributed that time, especially when I was really learning about cancer, I wasn't, you know, like bread and butter today. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy for me to really the, understand what contribute what. So, but if it helped, absolutely yes. Because as I said, end of the day, she's been cancer free for over six years now. Yeah, it's it's amazing and slightly unfortunate that cannabis is looked at as an exit drug. Uh, not an entry-level drug. So in my previous life in the clinical space, we've had people come in with six months to live with cancer and they survived for six years as well. And it's not, it wasn't just, uh, you know, cannabis, it was lifestyle changes, like, you know, modifying your diet, removing processed foods, sugars, all, all those things that I'm sure you did as well. But the the, the issue is why not look at that as an entry lay like early on an intervention should include you know phytocannabinoids as well and instead of you know radiation chemo and i'm not saying instead of maybe in conjunction with uh but it's always looked it was always looked at as the last resort drug okay nothing else is working we're trying everything else we throw our hands up in the air do whatever you want and that's when you create the intervention. And instead of, I'm so happy to hear, you know, that story, your mom is still uh, alive and, and, and doing well, but that's not the first time. Many, many, many people with those months to live that gave up everything else have survived and thrived with combinations of different, you know, cannabinoid interventions. So I, I can definitely uh, concur, understand, and give you, you know, a ton of um, validity to what you're saying because I've personally worked with many, many people that went through, you know, the same kind of, uh, same kind of challenges. But so now understanding the motivation behind that, you go from a personal experience with cannabis, you see that it's, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, definitely healing powers and, and just uh, part of our bodies anyway. And then uh, how do you start transitioning that knowledge, that information, that experience into your own business? Definitely wasn't by choice. <laughs> I literally was asking God, please do not make me to do this. I don't want to start this company. I don't want to do this project. I don't want to do nothing about this. But eventually I had to. So what happened else? Uh, after I was able to help my mom, I just became so excited. Because that vision that when she called me first time, it became kind of real. And I just didn't realize it's really happening. 
So after work hours, I used to just go and help people and, um, you know, just share my knowledge. And I never charged a penny for anybody. I simply went out there and just helping people. And guess what? All these people started improving. And, and I just with open heart, sharing the knowledge, you know, and these people keep improving. More improvements, I'm more excited I'm getting it. So within six months, I really became to the point where people really want to talk to me. And I'm like, there's no way in the world I can run my 14 hours a day and then another 14 hours of helping because I used to come back home like two o'clock in the morning drained and I need to get up at five, six. So, and then there was someone who actually really encouraged me. It's like, Inessa, you really should actually start Oh, like a consulting company, like don't promise people and you're not going to cure or treat anybody. So that being said, I did open my first company. It's called Anessa's Love to Live, which is a consulting company and um, we're shifting into Regenesis right now. But uh, my mother named the company based on the way she feels to be cancer-free. And with that being said, as a consultant that really cares about these people, because my mom was in the exact same situation, I realized this is not just that cannabis can be a different quality. I'm talking about water. There's a lot of marketing materials about everything. So I simply had to know what's in each of those herbs I'm actually working with or the vitamins or supplements. There's a lot of fillers in it. So when it came to CBD or hemp products, more questions I asked these CBD companies, more questions I had. So it got to the point where it really started spinning my head. And I said, I can't even understand what's going on. So what I just did, I simply picked the best that time marketed companies on the Google. <laughs> and uh, and I said, I'm just going to really figure out what's going on. I'm just going to go visit them. And I'm going to ask to show me, don't tell me. Yeah. And And I really started visiting these companies and I'm talking about farmers, I'm talking about producers, manufacturers, and you name it. And I simply wanted to know what's in these bottles in front of my eyes. And I, some, of course, people close the doors and they don't like me. And that's totally fine. I'm there for people. I'm not there for business owners. So, and I simply was visiting one by one. And more I visited, it worse. It got to the point where I really couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't finish my list. So I came back home and I realized because I was doing also additional testing. So I sent all these products instead of reading someone else's batch number from two years ago. I said, no, let's test this specific bottle that I'm holding in my hands. And can you show me test results in parts per billion? Because I know the body functions in parts per trillion. So you don't want to have toxins in parts per million and parts per billion. You want to go in pretty depth. So the people just simply failed like sorry but i mean and i'm like how in the world i'm going to be able to help these people so what i did i got really disappointed i cried a lot i came back home and i said there's not single one company i can really represent and that maybe it's more today out there and god i'm there for all of you guys that are listening right now i'm here to support you just let me know any advice for on soil or product or anything but a lot of companies are there for money instead the profits instead of people and that's where i had a hard time and i simply contacted number one um, as you know professor in in israel and i said dr rafael 
I said, I have a challenge to pick a good company to work with that I can represent with my open heart. And he said, what are you looking, young little girl? And I told him, I said, I'm looking for the product that actually contains every single molecular structure, whatever the structure is in the hemp plant, in exact same way, with exact same frequency, because there's a certain frequency in this plant that is really, really not typical and in the finished bottle. And he literally wished me good luck. And he said, if you ever came across product like that, keep me posted. And I'm like, really? And I really got hurt. Not that he really hurt me, but again, I felt like I'm left alone. And uh, then I contacted Dr. Uh, Ali from Harvard University, and he was part of Charlotte's Web that before that time. But also, so he didn't want to even talk to me. He's, you know, and so I had to chase him in in a, in one of his speaking engagements, and and I said, you, you, I really need your advice. I'm looking for that specific product. I can't find them coming across America, there's a lot of bad things happening in this industry. And he said, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm fully aware of what's happening in the industry. He said, that's one of the reasons I don't want to associate myself with the industry anymore. Because things are happening, it's pretty scary, but the plant itself is so beautiful and it's so powerful. So I realized I'm by myself. And I realized I'm by myself. And I realized I have to really figure out this whole thing by myself. And I did. And I did. And, and it took me two years to produce my first formula, only one formula that we're very proud and the most proud that actually contains every single particle from the plant to the finished bottle as it is with the same frequencies as a plant is in nature with no, um, no toxins involved in processings and things like that. So. Yes, that's how Nessa's hemp was born from a lot of struggle. I mean, it's a great story of, of perseverance, of entrepreneurship. That I mean, that's what the countries build on. I mean, you brought up a good point about you know CBD, cannabidiol in general, and a lot of the companies. There isn't, there are no testing requirements for cannabidiol. You can buy it. You can buy CBD underwear, CBD pillows. Nobody checks there's a really cbd in it which i always wondered what is cbd underwear going to do but it's uh, they make it uh what makes your product you kind of alluded to it but maybe a little more understanding what makes your product so unique number one you said the method of extraction so you're taking the entire plant you're extracting the entire plant and you are creating the uh an oil from that plant. Uh, I'm assuming you're not decarboxylating, you're creating the plant raw as it is, and you have the acid molecule. And for our audience, I may have talked about this before, and Nessa, maybe you can describe it better than me, but I'm going to let people know and understand when the plant grows itself, the hemp plant grows itself, and you cut it down and you uh, dry it and you cure it, the active ingredient of cannabidiol has an acid molecule attached to it. The acid molecule is there until you heat the, the plant and it drops the acid molecule and then you have receptor binding, but the plant itself doesn't have that. So is that one of the things that makes your product unique? Uh, yes, it's one of the things, but there's way more. All right. Well, 
tell us what. And we want to know what makes your product so unique and why should they look at that? Because there are some CBDA products on the market and, and Dr. Mishulam is a huge, huge believer in the acid molecule. He's actually, you know, focusing a lot of his research on that. So it makes total sense. My, my own personal feeling on this is I need to get a better understanding of how it works. It doesn't have a receptor binding. There is no affinity to the receptor unless you decarb the molecule. The molecule then reshapes itself and has affinity. CBD is a little bit different than THC. THC is, a, is an active receptor agonist of CB1. There's three prongs. It binds to the receptor and it turns on an andamide. CBD works a little bit different, but how how is that different with the acid molecule in place? So maybe I will share like how Nessos is different in the first place. And then maybe I can tell you what I personally see who works with clients every single day, seven days a week, like the difference between CBD and CBA, what I see in results that I never seen on any CBD products actually, which is really surprising me too. I'm sometimes listening. I can't believe it. They're talking about my product. So the most important, what I learned that when I learned that the hemp itself is actually a soil cleaner. So if you want to grow that hemp, for medicinal purposes, you have to be extra careful because this hemp plant is already as a sponge, like literally, like a little magnet, I would say. Attracts yeah, by the way, by the way, to interrupt for one second, I apologize, but because you said this, people should know that when Chernobyl happened, they planted hemp to be able to extract the that material from the soil. So you're absolutely correct. And that was like a beautiful and scary part at the same time. And I learned that because I'm like, well, wait a minute. We have all these toxins floating everywhere. And if we're growing this plant for medicinal purposes, we have to really be careful the way we grow it. And that's the reason why I didn't see the whole industry growing carefully. And that's what made me a little bit upset, actually a lot upset. So I decided to do completely different. So I knew that to have that biological soil that actually is completely nurtured by trillions of microbes that actually we have more microbes in one teaspoon than the entire world of people. So I knew that soil can actually make the difference because the plant itself expresses themselves differently. And so created... Uh, that very healthy soil first, that is a lot of actual secrets and things that I probably want to keep it at the moment private. I had to step out from completely outside the box to do certain things, but we did it and I'm very proud of it. So the second thing is most farmers wouldn't even know that their hemp plants are capable of staying alive afterwards because of the soil. Because what happens, they basically, these plants are barely alive and barely functioning in the soil already because it doesn't allow that hemp plant to be in the highest power and the high, express themselves in that most powerful, beautiful portfolio of healing terpenes and cannabinoids and you name it. So I knew that I have to allow the plant to express themselves, which is that medicinal power. The second thing is what we really do carefully and different is I don't allow anyone to do 
harvesting for the machines or technology. It's a 100% handcrafted, just the way we had thousands of years ago. There's no technology involved. And the people that are actually touching the plant are selected. And they're selected by based on their values, integrity, and their aura, and their intentions for the world. So if you just wishy-washy guy that's trying to make some dollar here and to come do some harvesting, it's not going to work. You're not even allowed to be around these plants. So before we harvest, also we do the little interviews with people and we want to be, make sure we're picking the best people to, to transfer that information to the world. And I pray, I let it go on my knees and I tell these plants exactly what we're going to do in the world. I said, I did my best to grow you as healthy as possible. Uh, we give the healthy soil, the healthiest water, the healthiest, uh, all kinds of things that I am not willing to share at the moment. And and you, your job is to really make me happy, which is heal the world. And we don't, most companies, what they do also, they actually use major extraction processes and heats before they even extracting. We're doing completely room temperatures until the plant is ready. There's no force energy. There's no force heat. There's no force nothing. It's literally as it is. And our extraction process is also different. And the way it's different we call it cold press, but it's really not a cold press, but we want people to kind of associate what it is to have some idea. And the reason I can tell you why I don't, we are not a cold press, but we call ourselves a cold press because the cold press machines, what I learned, what they do, they actually have this, the, the heads that actually grounding the, the plant and squeezing the juice out of it, right? which is a cold press. But then when I learned about technologies out there and I learned that the head, the grounder needs to be changed every six to eight months, I started thinking, so why it needs to be changed and where that metal wears off? And I realized it goes in the bottle, in the product. And that's not a good idea either. So we had to come up with um, a ways to extract this plant in a very safe way. So when we harvest, our plants are completely staying alive. They literally, like, you can hold in the hands and they're moving, talking to you. Even they're done with the harvesting. And the second thing is the extraction process is very gentle. It takes about six weeks to really get one batch going. And after we are done with that part, we have a beautiful, very safe uh, glass bottles that you carry that heartbeat of the hemp plant in the bottle. So the product is not activated. The first time product gets activated is when the person actually puts under the tank. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, it's sublingual delivery, uh, correct? It's all uh, tinctures. Got it. So from the research that uh, I've done in in CBDA and acid molecule, one of the things that makes it unique is, first of all, it boosts serotonin. So as you get a squirt of serotonin, you actually start feeling better and you don't have the same exact affinity for serotonin without the acid molecule because you have receptor binding or a receptor affinity for CB2. So now that you're feeling better, and I, I'm a big believer, you know, you want to, your body always wants to heal. So it's, it's part mental. And if you're getting some serotonin, it's already making you feel better. So now you want to continue feeling better. The other thing, which I think is the, the, the functional part of it, it's shown as a COX-2 inhibitor. And when you have a COX-2 inhibition, it actually helps reduce inflammation. 
And a lot of the the expression of our diseases are inflammatory based. So as you're reducing the inflammation, and uh, CBD does that too, uh, to a certain extent, because it also can inhibit COX-2, but together with the serotonin, we're feeling better up, you know, mentally, and then reducing the inflammation, I think that you're you're onto something because I, I definitely think that that is the right. And besides all your proprietary stuff that you're doing to yours, but just just as a, a matter of you know maintaining the integrity of the plant, that's one of the main reasons why you would want to maintain the integrity of the plant from I think from integrity- a scientific uh, standpoint. No, absolutely. And I personally see the results as uh, people say CBD doesn't help me or I don't know cause me anxiety. It's like no. If the product is really clean, tested in parts per billion from all the toxins, microtoxins and everything, metals, like you should never have a side effect from something what's part to you. It just doesn't make sense. So I totally agree, but we need to, we need to make sure that industries finally start some regulations because the only one thing I do daily is I don't even read the research anymore. I'm just fighting it like for regulations to kick in. Like the only one thing I do is just please get regulations going. Please get regulations going because the stuff I see, it's horrific. It's horrific. No, it's, uh, I'm glad. The, and you're absolutely right. The only way that we're going to get out of the dark ages as an industry is to have federal regulations in place, standards on testing and oversight. I'm not a big government, you know, a structured government, but there's no other way to be able to get everybody on an equal playing field as far as holding people accountable to quality of testing. You said microbials, heavy metals, pesticides, all these different things. You test from state to state, from lab to lab. There's no standards uh, whatsoever. Um, and so, so people can buy your products where? Very simple and easy. You just go online and you just put Nessus, N-E-S-A-S, hemp, nessushemp.com. And yeah, it's easy to find us. Are you, still, are you still doing consulting as well? Yes. In fact, we're launching my transformational programs in very large scale this year. So super excited because we're going to be able to show the world how we can actually reverse biological age and show your uh, DNA uh, before and after six months with Inessa's transformational program. So uh, super excited because I finally was able to wrap my head around and figure out how to make a one universal protocol that can really capture a lot of elements in the body. Got it. All right, so I have some questions I ask all my guests. Uh, they're uh, not necessarily specific to science, just some fun stuff. But uh, it, I don't know if you're a consumer of cannabis or not, but if you are or have been, uh, please describe what your first experience with cannabis was like. It's actually been even written in a story somewhere in, 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 in the article somewhere. Uh, it's going to sound really bad, but... It's 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 good, I guess. It's my story, right? It can be bad. Right. Um, I actually when I was doing an investigation on all these farms and picking the soil and sending to universities and labs and really checking everything like a police officer. Uh I met these, I thought very nice and sweet guys. And and I was listen, I was talking about manufacturers also, and they gave me like 
you would say, C- at least he told me it's a CBD capsules. And they, they said, just try those out. And, you know, and I was in Oregon that time. And with that being said, I just took these little capsules and I just never, you know, touched them since then. I came back at the hotel and finally, you know, put the, I was with my little sister because she was documenting the process. I was very busy to really uh, talking to people, picking the samples and everything. And she was like documenting. So I was with her. And what happened, I said, you know, let me try those other CBDs, whatever. And and I took a capsule and I did not read the label. That's how I learned to read the label since then. And it was 50 grams of THC. And, and I was in the hot tub, which is heat is heating my body. And I'm taking that first time load of THC in my life. And I have no idea. I'm just thinking I'm trying another think a good quality CBD product. And within 20 minutes, I didn't have to wait one hour. I literally started going crazy. And when I say crazy, I start acting weird. My sister started worrying. She knows I'm very stable. So she's like, something isn't right. And then I tell her, call the 911 and cancel the call. Call the 911 and cancel the call. So I literally ended up in the hospital and I did not know what's going on. And I, it was pretty bad, actually. And the funny part is when I got discharged from the hospital and when I left, I looked at my papers and I said, what the document says, what my diagnosis, cannabis overdose. <laughs> <laughs> but what do they do in the hospital for a cannabis overdose? What, what do they actually do? My heart was really pounding like crazy. Yeah. So. And uh, that's the moment, actually, afterwards, I started really investigating the THC itself. I'm like, they, they gave you some, like, they gave you some volume and stuff to calm, calm you down, right? They did. They did. They did. They really definitely helped me and anti-anxiety because I was going major anxiety. Someone is trying to kill me and something isn't right. This is like, probably these guys didn't like me. I'm investigating their farm and they put some poison in me. But you, you're the best promoter for you know, our service, we do, we have, we have a DNA test called endoDNA to gives you genetic predispositions to mitigate the adverse effects of certain cannabinoids. So you can see what type of metabolism you are. If you have some of those predispositions to adverse effects from THC, that's, that's exactly it. So take the test before you uh, dive into cannabis. Makes total sense. Um, I'm a big music uh, person. So just curious, uh, do you remember what the very first concert you ever attended was? Uh, as I said, I had an interesting life. There was no, not much going on besides a lot of work and focus and everything. I never seen a childhood and things like that. But the first concert that I was really um, happy about and emotionally touched was Celine Dion in Vegas. So oh, yeah. that was that was definitely very powerful and I loved it. Super cool. Uh, what has cannabis meant in your life? Right now at the moment, uh, I see a major disconnect from the real plant, the history of the plant and what's happening in the industry. So at the moment I have a, I'm in the stage where I want to fight for the plant and people. And I want to make sure as hard as I can, like the people that are there for profits, they need to find some other activities to do. 
Um, and my job is to educate people because this plant literally has a way to heal humanity in so many ways. And it's so powerful. But the problem is in the industry, there's very little a real truth colors of this plant comparing what's happening on the shelves and what is sold for consumers. So I just want to bring the justice for the plant and people at the moment. It might change a little bit later when we have some regulations. That makes sense. All right. So final question. This is interesting because uh, not many people are from, I don't think I've had anybody from Lithuania. Maybe uh, my friend Tao is an ex-basketball player. Uh, that's about it. But uh, please describe what your room looked like growing up. My room. Did um, you have a room? Or did you have a shared room? Or did you share with your I had a share room, <laughs> yes. And when I got a little older, my mom finally moved in our living room. I had to live in the living room and my parents were sleeping with my brother and sister in the, in the bedroom. So they had like a bed that it's like a two two i don't even know how to describe it's like a two-floor bed whatever yeah. uh, you grow little stairs bunk, and bunk yeah bunk bed bunk bed yeah. yeah i learned a good word um never been asked about this before in english so yeah so they my brother and sister in the bunk bed i guess and and my mom is in living in in the bed in the bedroom and i was in the living room and eventually living when I got a little older. So um, just like a regular living room, very small and um, yeah, nothing very special. Nothing on the walls, no rug or no posters, nothing of that nature. We had a rug. Exactly. You had a rug. I knew you had a rug because almost everybody in Lithuania has a rug on their wall. So I wanted to ask them for a purpose. He had a rug. Yes, you were so right. I feel like you know me better than I can even remember. There you go. There you go. Uh, we had a rug. I had a little parrot that I really loved a lot. And uh, I used to listen um, also in music. Uh, Blackstreet Boys, I remember, couldn't really understand much what they sang, but I loved it. Celine Dion, Titanic was my favorite, like uh, songs and movies, you know. So I remember I had this like a little radio, whatever parents have in, in the living room, you know, for music. So I used to go before I go to sleep. I used to just listen that. And I had my, uh, my desk, I guess. So it was very mixed living room with my desk, also kind of a room where I grew up. So, and I said, I wanted to thank you so much for joining. I love the mission that you're on. It aligns exactly what, you know, I've been doing for the last 26 years in the cannabis space. So I love that people are joining this, uh, uh, this battle, because we're still in this battle until we're federally legal all over the world. But where can people uh, contact you? Where can people find out more information? Uh, you know, given the website again or any other thing that you want to uh, let people know how to contact you? I think the best way is to really go on the site and we do have all kinds of options to connect with us. If it's a social media, the best is customer service. We definitely going to respond. There's people actually watching. And if you interested in different questions and stuff they're still gonna guide you through the process how to get through me and yeah just nessas n-e-s-a-s hemp nessashemp.com it's the best way because as i said the entire team is there to support you in any way we can excellent thank you so much for joining us again and best of luck and uh, we'll hope to hear from you soon thanks a lot thank you
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachix Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.